Esther Dave Rolf says our bodies are due for an upgrade. We are heading to a place where these bodies won't work very well. The bodies that we are in now, damaged as they have been by the fall, need to undergo a transformation if we're going to live in heaven. And they aren't designed to inherit what God has for us. These bodies really aren't good enough to enjoy completely and forever the pleasures of heaven. Your body needs an upgrade. You need your body version 2.0. If you're going to be with the Lord, if you're going to be there in heaven, it's time for an upgrade. Wake up my soul. Wake up early in the day. Wake up my hand. And the instrument I play. Wake up my voice. Let the world hear me say, you are worshiped and it's all to hear today. Now that I'm in my 50s, it's becoming more and more clear that my body is limited, wearing out, and reaching its expiration date, as I can't do the things I used to be able to do. The bottom line is, these bodies aren't designed to last forever. Because of Christ, we have permanent bodies coming our way that are far superior in every way. We'll take a look at the new you today on The Balanced Word as we visit 1 Corinthians chapter 15 with Pastor Dave Rolf. Life is forever. And if you're a Christian, you have a glorious future to look forward to that includes a new body. All right, let's turn in our Bibles now to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. As we continue in this study through the book of 1 Corinthians, it's been a great trip through. And in this 15th chapter, Paul's been primarily focusing on resurrection, on the fact that, well, he started out by saying that Jesus died for our sins and and was buried and rose again. And as a result, there a promise for us that we too will rise again. And he talked about what if it wasn't true, but he talked about all the evidences that Jesus did rise from the dead. And then as we looked last week, he was explaining kind of what that transformation or resurrection would be like, what it would be about. And he compared it to the way a seed gets planted and then a flower blossoms forth in life out of that and how that same thing is going to happen to our bodies. They'll, be, they'll become what they were designed to be ultimately as we receive a body that is now driven by the spirit, not driven any longer by the soul. So now as we come to the end of this chapter, he sort of wraps the whole thing up and then talks about really what it should do to us and how resurrection and the knowledge of, of the everlasting nature of, of what God has for us is going to do. So beginning with verse 50, let's just read through it. He said, now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? 
O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The bottom line of kind of what he's been trying to say throughout this chapter is sort of summarized there in verse 50 when he says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. See, we are heading to a place where these bodies won't work very well. Flesh and blood just can't inherit God's kingdom. The bodies that we are in now, damaged as they have been by the fall, need to undergo a transformation if we're going to live in heaven. These bodies, you wouldn't want to take them with you forever. They are deteriorating. They are wearing out. And they aren't designed to inherit what God has for us. These bodies really aren't good enough to enjoy completely and forever the pleasures of heaven. And so he says, understand this. Your body needs to be traded in. Your body needs an upgrade. You need your body version 2.0. If you're going to be with the Lord, if you're going to be there in heaven, it's time for an upgrade. Now, as he explains that, a part of that is because we get so attached to these bodies that we feel like, oh no, I need to protect it. Oh, I, what am I going to do when I die? And, and we feel so you know, like it's the greatest tragedy in the world when someone dies. And Paul wants us to understand, not at all. You know, we're all heading in that direction. We all need to get rid of this corruptible body in order to receive what it's transformed into, an incorruptible body. And as he explains that, he then goes into this brief discussion on what we call the rapture of the church, the time when finally it gets to the point where enough people of God's people have died, and now he says, I'm going to take the rest of you with me. And so, as he says here, it's a mystery. That doesn't mean you can't figure it out. It doesn't mean it's real spooky or anything like that. The idea of a mystery in the Bible is something that people didn't know about, but now God is beginning to reveal it. And so he says, not only do people need to die in order to trade these bodies in, but he says, beyond that, in fact, the people who even don't die are still going to need a transformation of their body. So he says, we won't all sleep or die, that's the metaphor he uses for death, but we shall all be changed. That's a, when I was a little kid in our church nursery, they had that as a sign in the church nursery, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. But, so that was pretty clever. If you're a mom of a little kid, you appreciate that greatly. But he begins to talk about this in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Because this corruptible needs to put on incorruption. So the Bible teaches that the time will come when there are some people who are still alive. When Jesus says, ultimately, 
I'm wrapping things up. And this is what we call the rapture. Now, just I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. When we get over to 1 Thessalonians, I'll spend more time on it in the book of Revelation, spend more time on it still. But let's turn over to 1 Thessalonians 4 just to read the parallel passage to this one about this mystery of people being transformed and changed and resurrected even without dying. Now, the people in Thessalonica had heard the promises that Jesus was going to return. Remember when, when Jesus ascended into heaven, the angel standing by said, he's coming back in the same way. Jesus had told the disciples over in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So there was this promise that he was coming back, and you figured, how long could it take Jesus to fix up a place for us? The guy's, a, for one thing, he's a carpenter. For another thing, he's God. <laughs> Shouldn't take long. So they were expecting him to come back. Well, after a few years, people were starting to die. And so the ones who were alive were bummed for their friends because they're going, Jesus is coming back, but they're going to miss out. And so Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4 wanted to correct that concern. And he says in verse, beginning with verse 13, but I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again... Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, Jesus apparently filled Paul in on this, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The same event, I believe, that Paul is talking about this mystery in 1 Corinthians 15. So the day is going to come when those who are still alive will be caught up the Latin word for that is the word from which we get the word rapture. They'll be taken up. And so there's this time. Now, to not get confused, he's connecting the resurrection of the people who have already died with those who will be alive at the time of the rapture. And he's saying that they're going to be transformed. Now, this can be a controversial subject, and again, we'll go into it more in depth when we study 1 Thessalonians, because it's dealt with a lot more over there. The important thing to recognize here in the 1 Corinthians passage is Paul's point is we all have to be transformed. Whether you die or not, you're going to have to be transformed. Now, I will say this. I personally believe that the time of the rapture is going to happen right before what's called the, the tribulation period, a great time of judgment upon the earth. Now, there are some people who believe that the rapture will happen in the middle of the tribulation. There are others who believe it's going to happen at the end of the tribulation. And then there are some people who don't believe in a rapture at all. 
And there are good people who hold to all of those positions. It's certainly not something worth arguing about because when it happens, it's going to happen if you're a child of God. And if you think it's happening at the end of the tribulation, we'll talk about it on the way up. But, <laughs> and if I'm wrong and we go through the tribulation, hey, great, I'm still looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. By the way, though, the reason why some people, one of the reasons why some people believe it happens at the end of the tribulation is here in 1 Corinthians, it says it's going to happen at the last trumpet. And when you read Revelation, there are these trumpet judgments. And in Revelation chapter 11, there's the seventh trumpet that happens. And that brings the coming of the Lord at the end of the tribulation period. The thing is, I don't personally think that 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 trumpet, the seventh trumpet and the last trumpet are the same thing. In their culture, they use trumpets to alarm people to all sorts of things. It was just a way of communicating. The, the seventh trumpet in Revelation chapter 11 is blown by an angel. This is said to be the trumpet of God. This, this trumpet is to announce a joining together with the Lord the trumpets in Revelation are to introduce various judgments. And so, I personally, I uh, believe that this is going to happen at the beginning of the tribulation. I have a lot of other reasons for believing that too, but we'll talk about it later. I don't want to get too far off the point. The other thing I do want to mention, as we discussed before, is people who have died before the rapture happens... Both of these passages, 1 Corinthians um, 15 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, both talk about the resurrection of those people sort of in conjunction with this event of the rapture of the church. And so there are many people who believe that the actual transformation of our bodies into our permanent heavenly bodies are, is going to happen at that time. There are other people who believe that well, one thing we do know is that when you die as a believer, you go immediately to be with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We already saw that in 1 Corinthians. So there are people who go, but wait a minute. If the resurrection happens at the time of the rapture, then are we just dead during that time? Certainly not. We, some people believe that we go to heaven in kind of a spiritual existence until the time of the rapture when we all get our new bodies together? Probably not because Paul talks about not wanting to be a disembodied spirit, but longing for that new body, and that's what he's looking forward to. So I kind of reject that view. There are other people who believe that when we die and go to be with the Lord, we get a temporary body that'll just tide us over until we get our permanent bodies. The Bible doesn't say anything about that, but it could be. Personally, I think that the resurrection of people who die happens progressively. If I am fortunate enough to die today, then I believe I'll resurrect today and get my body. And all that Paul is saying is, hey, the people who die get there before you. We're not going to precede them, I think, is that's the way I read it anyway. But if you disagree with me, I still love you. Um, LAUGHTER but at any rate, back to 1 Corinthians 15 and the point of the passage. These bodies are disposable. As he says after talking about that rapture, this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. 
And so, and when that happens, he says, then death is swallowed up in victory. So for us, we're in these bodies, but we're understanding they aren't designed to be permanent. Well, they really were designed to be permanent, but sin messed that up. Something happened in the fall, as we've discussed, that caused a constant deterioration to be going on. And certainly to call our bodies corruptible, to call them corrupting wouldn't be an exaggeration. They're definitely mortal. And you can try your hardest to make your body last. And maybe you can take care of it and make it last a little longer than somebody else's. But ultimately, we are all dying and decaying. We are all in these bodies that are heading for dust. The Bible makes that clear, and the mirror makes it pretty clear, too, the older you get. So what he's saying is, don't get so attached to this body. Don't act like leaving this body is such a big deal. Because even if you don't die, you're still going to have to have this body transformed. If it doesn't happen at death, it will happen at the time of the rapture, when we are all caught up. Now, what's better? It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm kind of hoping to live long enough to see the rapture, because I think it would be pretty cool to just start floating up in the air. But if I die beforehand, Paul says that Jesus will be bringing me back with him, so If I die first and I go immediately to be with the Lord, then I get to see the rapture from up up above, a bird's eye view as I'm hovering down as some of you, you know, people that took better care of yourselves and are still here will be floating up. I kind of relish that view myself. But regardless, what he's saying is these bodies, they're supposed to die. These bodies aren't designed for eternity. Now, What do you do with that, and how do you deal with that? You know, there are, sometimes we act like, oh, you know, it's a, the body's just temporary, so just abuse it, doesn't matter, it's going to die anyway. And I understand that, but at the same time, to treasure it like it's some kind of a wonderful treasure, that's nonsensical. But it is delicate because it's temporary. Think of it like a temporary crown. When you get a tooth ground down and they're going to, I hate to even bring up an unpleasant thing like (laughs) dental work, but we're talking about death, so it's right there. But, you know, they grind your tooth down, torture you for a period of time, and then they put a temporary crown on your tooth. And because it takes them a while to prepare the permanent crown. So you wear that temporary crown, but you're aware that it's there. Now, you don't go, well, you know, it's such a temporary crown. I th- I'll go ahead and bust it off. I think I'll crunch some ice and eat a jawbreaker. No, you realize temporary crowns aren't quite as tough as a permanent crown. So knowing that you have the temporary crown in there, you have a tendency to chew on the other side of your mouth because you want that temporary crown to last until you get the permanent crown. And that's sort of, I think, a healthy perspective of our bodies. They're temporary crowns. Don't get too attached to them. Don't polish them too much and, you know, floss around them and everything. But at the same time, realize they're delicate, you know, and you'd like it to last as long as it's going to last until you get your permanent crown. But at the same time, 
as it's going on, you realize it's okay. And, you know, the, the closer you get, if you know that you're going in to get your permanent crown tomorrow, today you're not that worried about the temporary crown, you know, like you were if you know you've got a couple of weeks. So as we get older, you, you just start to go, okay, well, this thing's about done anyway, and, and it's all right. You know, I don't feel like, oh, no, I'm going to lose my temporary crown. And you go into the dentist, and they take it off, and you don't go, oh, can I have that? Can I keep it? I was getting so attached to it. Come on. It was just to tide you over, and that should be our attitude toward our bodies, really, because we have permanent crowns that are coming, but these are the temporary ones. Now, as he, as he talks about this, he again connects it to death and says, when this transformation happens, whether at the rapture or at death and resurrection, at that point will become to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory, which is a quote from Isaiah. And then as he, as he quotes Hosea, O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. He says, ultimately, getting out of this body, however you get out of it, is when finally death is conquered. Now, we're hauling death along with us. We are all in the process of dying. You know, every once in a while, someone finds out they have a particular condition and, and the doctors tell you, you're dying. Well, I have news for you. They should have just told you that when you were born because we've all been dying. What's the difference? Some people may die quicker than others. You never know, but we're all wearing out. But the day when we get rid of this body is the day when we get rid of the sting of sin. Because it's sin that ruined our bodies. It's sin that caused us to be ruled by our flesh and by our foolishness rather than to be ruled by the Spirit. Sin is what is causing the decay. Everything that's wrong in this world is caused by sin. And so Paul says, hey, you guys are Christians. You know this. You've given your lives to Jesus Christ so that you could be delivered from sin. And now he says, doesn't being delivered from sin sound like a good thing? Remember the curse of the law, the law that showed you that you'll never be good enough. The law that showed you that no matter what you do, the best you can do to yourself is you're polishing the brass on a sinking ship. You're dying. You're in deterioration. So accept it, deal with it, understand it, but salvation Resurrection is the promise that it doesn't always have to be that way. You're listening to Pastor Dave Rolf on The Balanced Word and part of a study in 1 Corinthians. Hear it again online at thebalancedword.com or give us a call and request a CD at 949-362-7475. That's 949-362-7475. Pastor Dave has taught through the entire Bible, and we put it onto a USB for you. It's our featured resource right now, available for a donation of $30 or more. Request it right now at thebalancedword.com or call 949-362-7475. It takes a team to bring these shows to the radio every day, and your financial and prayerful support is really an investment, helping to reach thousands with the truth of God's Word. Thank you for standing with us with either a one-time gift or ongoing monthly support. 
Again, go to thebalancedword.com. Dave Rolfe is a pastor of Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel and loves to meet and greet his radio listeners. Visit us on a Sunday morning at 8, 945, or 1130. Those outside the area can live stream at ccpacifichills.org. Would you like someone to pray for you? Send that prayer request over to us at thebalancedword.com by clicking on Contact or call 949-362-7475. Pastor Dave shares helpful and encouraging one-minute messages on Facebook and Instagram. Check it out at CC Pacific Hills. Here's Pastor Dave with a concluding thought. You should not be frightened of death. You should not be dreading it. You shouldn't, I mean, the silliness, you know. I, you know, I remember when I was younger and, you know, you just think, oh man, I'm so excited Jesus could come back at any time. But I hope he doesn't come back till after I get married and have some kids, you know. And you, as if somehow Jesus coming back wouldn't be as good as getting married and having kids. Now I've been married, have kids, what was I thinking? You know, but <laughs> no, they're a slice of heaven. But, <laughs> but Paul's going, hey, the way we get delivered from what's wrong with us is to get out of these bodies. We'll finish this message, Life is Forever, tomorrow on The Balanced Word with Dave Roth, a presentation of Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel. Wake up my soul. Wake up. And the instrument I play, wake up my